This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Welcome to Waterfowl Wednesday on the Full Scale Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Nick J, and your other host, Dale Luganville, is here. What's up, Nick? Not much, dude. How you doing? Good. Um, should they brought to you by Cutthroat Bow Fishing? All right. Cutthroat Bow Fishing. And go. <laughs> what, should, <laughs> what should we talk about? <laughs> What should we talk about? Dude, yeah. there seems like there's like a, a definite void in the waterfowl world happening right now. Oh, you say? I mean, there's always something shaking, but in terms of like legislative action that's happening and state houses, I don't really see anything or exciting like surveys or studies that have come out recently. I haven't got much. I mean, it's not really timely. Well... I mean, I guess like nesting right now, or or you think habitat, nesting habitat. Uh, yeah, goddamn it, you're right. Wetlands that would be let's, um, timely. Let's uh let's start over. <laughs> <laughs> no way, Roll you're right? Into there's, it. there's. Nah, no, we're not gonna do that. I'm <laughs> just kidding, dude. So you remember last week we were talking about that um like blizzard that was gonna hit Minot again? Mm-hmm. Apparently that that did happen, didn't it? It did happen. How many inches did they get? I think they got like a foot. Another Jesus foot. Christ. Yeah, dude, dude, and legit blizzard. Like, uh, I was looking there was at... Bl- yeah, there was blizzard warnings. I looked at it on Sunday or maybe it was Saturday? Yeah, I believe the state of North Dakota had blizzard warnings and tornado warnings on the same day in the same state, depending on where that's in the crazy. state you were at. Yeah, that's super nuts. And they... Uh, 
I do. I saw some videos, or not videos, but uh, stills, and there were like all these power lines that were just snapped off, like a whole row of them, because they were covered in like two inches of ice. And then I suppose oh the wind just <laughs> toppled them, dude. I'm like, oh. and I'm seeing all this stuff. Like they're using like full on, you know, earth moving equipment to dig people out. People are freaking out. Their horses are are buried in. They can't get water and hay to them. Like it's it's pretty bad. And I did see there was a picture of a flock of uh, of honkers in a field just weathering the storm. Just it was it was kind of nuts. That is nuts. Um, did you see any good piles of snow geese on the social uh, medias? I did. There was a couple really good. I saw some good two man shoots in South Dakota. It was like oh really? One yeah. I think one dude had like a. 65 bird day by himself and i think it, there was a two guy uh shoot that was over 100 it was like 120 something or something like that for two guys in a day like that's good like over 100 birds for two guys <laughs> yeah that's shit. real good that's like that's just constant shooting right there that is awesome yeah and the picture you could see some adults in that picture so not not all the adults got above that bullshit some of them got stranded i'm guessing they're probably still there i mean i would guess yeah unless they jumped <laughs> over it i mean it's you know it's cold minnesota and i was like 34 degrees or whatever it was so it's not like that shit's melting it's supposed to warm up as the week goes on and a couple weeks are back into the 50s but you ain't getting rid of what well, what did they have they had like 30 some inches a week ago and then just this last weekend another foot on top of that that's gonna take a little bit to get rid of all that snow and I was hearing that um, the Jamestown area was having um, flood warnings, like roads were getting flooded out. And yep. so just an incredible amount of moisture hitting the duck factory um, over the last couple of weeks. Now, between 2020, I believe, was the wettest year on record for North Dakota. Now, North Dakota has... Uh, um, they, they have the ability to do their own surveys and they have been doing their own surveys for like the last 60 or 70 years apart from the u.s fish and wildlife uh survey so the u.s fish and wildlife survey has been shut down from covid the last two years north dakota has still ran theirs and um they survey both wetlands and breeding ducks and between 2020 one of the wettest years on record and 2021 one of the driest, they said it was the largest one-year shift that they had ever seen in mm. North Dakota. I think it was the wettest year in 2020, followed by the fifth driest year. I might be wrong on that a little bit. Yeah, as I remember last year, everybody was bitching about how there's no water out in North Dakota, which I always love when people say that. It's like, mm, there's water. I mean, right. it's not like but, Devil's Lake is dry. You know what I mean? No, like, but we all know the type of puddle ducks puddle ducks like a specific type of water the type of water that wasn't there last week right, right? exactly yeah exactly <laughs> that's the type of water puddle ducks like agreed. puddles yes agreed. it's in their name it's yeah. in their name those puddles right. that dry up you know after a little while but um i really am curious now what north dakota is going to find for 2022 like are we going to have another it's looking like we're going to have another one of those insane wild shifts yeah, it's. I would assume a lot of those potholes are going to fill up. I mean, it's a lot of meltwater. I mean, if it doesn't all just run off because the ground is still frozen or whatever, but... Oh, you're starting to sound like a fucking duck biologist. 
<laughs> it's never the right kind of moisture when it's dry. Like, ah, oh, it rained, you know, but this is the type of rain that just runs off. Like, Or like a farmer. I mean, they're never happy no matter what. It's either too wet or it's too dry. Right. Got the rain at the wrong time, you know. We don't want rain right as the crops are growing. That floods them out. Yeah, yep, yep. It's never just right. Mm-hmm. But I have been having a blast since um, Saturday. Since Saturday, fucking with the Drake Mallards all around Fridley <laughs> and all around my house. It has been... Man, when I was a kid, I used to walk from in New Brighton from my house off Silver Lake Road to Highview Middle School. And um Ooh. <laughs> Such my nice Netflix restaurant. fucking clicked on. <laughs> I was watching that David Spade show. I think it was funny. Was Dude, gonna, I walked from I was my... gonna ask you who was gonna be the guest your guest speaker today, if it was gonna be the dog again or the wife. But Dude, the dog, was, he's looking at me right he's looking at me square in my eyes right now, going, I'm gonna fuck your podcast. He's looking at me right now. Dude, by the way, I gotta I gotta say this real low, right? I have to say this kind of quietly. You you know how I got a uh, a little name tag collar yeah. for the yeah. dog, yeah, and it says Jack Mehoff on right. it. Yes, it finally paid off yesterday. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. He got out. He got out. Some oh, yes. somebody else who's in the house can't know that fact right now. That's why I'm talking silently. <laughs> Because I want to make it look like I'm a responsible person that right, doesn't right, lose dogs. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I currently do have on my phone the best voicemail you will ever hear for a lost yes. dog. <laughs> it starts out, um, hey, is this uh is this Jack Mehoff? <laughs> That's great. Oh my god. Anyways, let's go back to ducks before I get caught talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> but i saved it i saved it in a well, screenshot yeah. video and i'm gonna send it to you that's great actually i'm gonna send it to you right now oh that's so funny <laughs> you could play it that's can like, we play it I, let's you play yeah, it play it on your end too yeah play it on your end i don't want to i don't want that audio echoing through the house here <laughs> <laughs> well, okay so when i was in when i was in middle school I'm positive of that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when I was a kid in middle school walking in New Brighton, like I'd have like 10 mallards following me every day on my walk to school. And um, it's still just as entertaining to me today. On Saturday, me and the wife took the, uh, took the dog for a walk. And I got, it was super windy that day. I got super one duck. Every day. Yeah, it has been. There's one duck that I got to just careen out of the sky and land on a house next to us. She thought it was super cool. Sunday, I went for another walk. I ended up with like six Drake Mallards following me down uh, this little creek path. By the time I got from one end of the creek to the other, they piled in one after the next. I got um, just blowing, you know, just a hen mallard duck call at them. Dude, they're so horny, dude. They just oh, fall so out of dumb. the sky, rock hard cocks. They can't eat, you know, like they can't focus. <laughs> and um, then I was walking through the woods on Sunday. Like I had gotten away from that creek and I'd seen a duck. It was flying right over the top of me. I gave it a nice little greeting call and it just stopped, like stopped its forward motion and stalled in the wind like a helicopter and then just came straight down. But I was like on a wooded path. So it was like crashing through the trees. 
<laughs> it was crashing through the trees, bouncing off the branches. And then when it landed, it was like three or four feet from me. And um, so, yeah, it just landed. It's three or four feet. And then it's just like giving me the old Drake Mallard little yeah. call, like, weep, weep. What are you doing, man? How are the fuck are you going to get out of here? You know, like, I can understand how you fall through the trees. But you, you need some opening to fly away through them. He'll walk out. Dude, I, I did that uh, other um, house in Matamini when I lived there. I had kind of a big yard. And all of a sudden, I look out the window, and there's just this, like, there's a Drake Mallard on the sidewalk on the far end of my my yard. So I go grab my call, and like I said, just do a little greeting call. And that fucker just does a straight 90-degree turn right at the house and starts walking <laughs> the sidewalk right right underneath my the, like the roof sidewalk, you know, that goes to the front door. And he would walk past the window, and I would just give him a, a single quack. He would turn around and come walking past. And then, I'd wha- I mean, I had this thing just going back and forth, like one of them duck targets at the carnival that you shoot with the BB gun. <laughs> and then, then finally he flew away, and the reason he flew away is because he saw the actual hen mallard he was probably looking for in the first place. She went flying, and he took off after her. I'm like, you can torment those things. I've, yeah, I've called them in for my truck. They land right in front of the truck, and they just look for wherever that sound is coming from. So if you ever yeah. want to feel good about your calling skills, right now is the time. Oh, if they hear it, it's a 100% success ratio. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I was driving through the neighborhood. This was on Sunday again. I was with the wife, and there was two Canada geese and uh, Drake Mallard sleeping in the bank parking lot, like next to an evergreen tree, like in the grass. So I go, watch this, pulled in, went to the other side of the parking lot, hit the greeting call, and the duck just stands straight up. Geese don't care. The mallard stands straight up and just in an instant is flying right at the car. (laughs) We're parked about like a hundred yards away from it. Maybe I just wanted to get his attention. That fucker almost came right through the car window. Like it banked (laughs) off, like banked off the car and then landed right next to it. I think if you dress, it just doesn't, it doesn't get old. You think if you wore a big giant hen mallard costume, would it actually try to get on top of you? You should try it. What about just like a, Hen full body decoy. I guess I've never seen them try to mount it. I bet they would. I used to do that though when I was a kid. I'd put out some hen full bodies in the yard. I don't specifically remember any of them trying to fuck it. <laughs> like I do remember calling. I remember the first time I did it. My dad seen me putting decoys out. Like I keep seeing ducks fly over. He goes, if my dad said you get a duck into this yard and I'll give you twenty dollars. I got that twenty dollars in five minutes. Yeah, you know? but you like, got that I, real quick. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't know. That right. like, or my dad didn't know at the time that it was a hundred percent success ratio, you know, and story, I didn't either. Being a little kid, your story brought up another um, thing that I've noticed. Uh, let's see if if you can corroborate this. When you see like a nesting pair of honkers on a and you give them body of water when you're driving around right now, isn't there like always a pair of mallards that are right next to them? Have you noticed that? No, I haven't. Like within I, I, within the vicinity, in the near vicinity, there's like it seems to be there's, and I don't know if like the mallards are using the geese as like uh, mob protection, but I like so that many, wouldn't maybe be not stupid every because time, those but the so geese are super times. aggressive. Yeah, they are. But there's like so many times I'll, I'll look out and I'll see you know a pair of, of geese just doing their thing, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, and there's a pair of mallards right there. It's like they seem to correlate 
Part of my little creek walk that I took uh, this weekend too was checking this, it's Rice Creek next to my house. I was just checking along like some of the more secluded patches of it where I saw um, geese nesting last year, which is like a crazy fucking place to nest. I think we had maybe discussed it on like Canada geese getting smarter in their nesting locations. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not just nesting on golf courses anymore. They're doing rooftops, trees, cliffs, tall buildings, all that sort of stuff. So I went down there looking um, to see if I could find any more nesting. There was a pair swimming around in there in a spot they had absolutely no fucking business being in. So there's at least one pair down there, but I didn't see like last year I saw like three pairs and I saw them on the nest. Like, I was even, like, walking down the path, like, next to the creek, like, whistling, clapping, because you'll see them poke their head up. Mm-hmm. It's not that much foliage right now, so if they had a nest. So I didn't see any um, down in the creek like I did last year. Last year, it might have even been four pairs, except for that one pair swimming around. And that also is a technique that I think people don't realize how much Canada geese do, like giants. I, and I was wondering my, to myself uh, as like this weekend as well as if it's an adapted nesting technique is how much time away from the nest they spend. Like I saw that pair on the creek and I figured they have a nest nearby. I guess I'm not sure. But over the years, like I've just had a lot of people sending me Snapchats and photos of like, 10, 15 honkers hanging out in the middle of May, you know, like, or 10 or, you know, like sitting on a baseball field and they're like, look at all these non-breeders. And I'm like, I'm not so sure those are non-breeders because I was able to find some articles about how Canada geese can leave their nests for up to like eight or 10 hours a day, especially if it's warm outside. They just cover it up with feathers and brush right, and yeah. they, they go eat. And I was wondering if that could possibly be an adaptive nest technique, because when they nest in the cities, like, how do people find their nest by them being there? <laughs> like, yeah, right. if they get harassed, they're going to get harassed by dogs, they're going to get harassed by kids, they're going to get harassed by people specifically looking to addle eggs and people specifically looking to harass geese. Well, if they get harassed... Who cares as long as their nest is safe? So I was wondering, like, maybe they are just figuring out, like, if I, if I spend as much time as I can away from this nest, this nest doesn't get found. That's possible. I know depending on the time of year, like, you know, it takes them a while to lay a full clutch. and they Don't Don't they really, lay an egg a day? Yeah, it's like an egg a day. Not quite an egg a day. It's like a day and a quarter. So it's, just, it's a weird metric. But, yeah, basically an egg a day. And so they don't necessarily... They're not going to sit on them, sit on them full time until they have an entire clutch, because otherwise you'd have a gosling hatch out every day for a week. You know what I mean? So they they don't sit on them to incubate them. This goes for all birds. I mean, I've I've learned this because by having chickens. So they'll lay eggs, lay eggs, lay eggs, but they won't sit on them until they have the clutch they want, and then they sit on them and incubate them for 28 days. So that yeah. could be. Part of the, what you're seeing could be they haven't even laid their full clutch yet. But I wouldn't be, with that said, I also wouldn't be surprised if there's some nesting adaptation going on too. Somebody did send me a photo from Waterloo, Iowa, as well as some babies, goose babies that have popped out. Already? Yeah, it does seem a little early, right? Holy crepes. I well, can't maybe, tell I if that's early. But like, even now, like, the, a lot of the hen mallards are on nests right now, and there's I have seen a couple gang rape or uh, like rape gangs of drakes mm-hmm. flying around 
and I that it hit me when I saw him, uh, which my, my first rape gang I saw was last Friday. And uh, I was like, God dang, it's so early to have a rape gang. And then I'm like, not really, actually. It's just been so fucking cold. Yeah, no, I think it's probably right on time. Yeah, it is right on time. I don't. I mean, seeing goslings seems early, but I guess in Iowa they not for get, Waterloo, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess they get a little jump start down there, I suppose. Makes sense. Yeah, actually, you know what? When's the first gray fuzzball you saw last year? Do you have that note written down somewhere? Dude, if you go on eBird and then uh, go to Canada, uh, go to Explore, Explore, and then um, Photos and or Media, like. And then punch in Canada Goose. You'll I do recently uploaded, so these might not be, um, these might not be the newest date. It's just the newest ones that people have updated. So you got to check the photos. But here I'm looking at a picture of geese that look like they're more than oh, a couple weeks old, and this is from Tanzanite Park, Sacramento, California. Let's see what else, if we can find any other fuzzballs. Here's a blonde bird in Quebec. Um, so what are you? So okay, I'm on the Canada Goose eBird page. What am What am I going to? Here we go. Here's some. Uh, well, uh, here's a Canada Goose with six fuzzballs. That's from Gilbert Drive, Tennessee, Knox, Knox County, Tennessee, April 26th. That's today. Yeah. So Let's further south, they're popping out. At least. Right. Yeah, and, and it's kind of cool. Like on eBird, if you go to the um, here's another fuzzball picture. You can kind of watch them start cruising north. So here is, um, oh, so where are you looking dist- at that again? District, District of Columbia. You go to Explore Species. Explore. Canada. Okay. Here, I'll start Goose. from the. I'll start from eBird. eBird.org. Then you go to um. Search photos and sounds, and then it's gonna pop up, and then just put in Canada Goose, and then boom. There's all kinds of filters on there that you can put. This is just recently uploaded anywhere in the world. Canada geese is what we're looking at. So you can see. Do you get? Did you get that pulled up? One of the first couple pictures. You got a blonde goose. No, I still, I'm not in the right spot, apparently. Whatever. Whatever, here's a with couple photos. more. Okay, here's statistics, observations, with photos. Got it. Nope, you're doing it wrong, I think. Here's some from Arizona. So you can tell, like, little babies are popping. When are these Arizona birds from? Still results found. What are you talking about? Whoa. April 26th, four fuzzballs. Chingo QC Park, Ontario, Canada. What? I guess some of Ontario is a little bit further south, like well, yeah, it's, it's further south. Niagara than we Falls, are, right? So that might be like almost like a Waterloo latitude. I don't know. Hmm. Go to be. eBird. Okay, I'm in eBird. eBird. You're on it, right? On it. Click yep. menu. Menu. Click explore. Well, I have explore. Okay, explore. Got it. Then scroll past where it says species. So scroll region. past where it says regions. Okay. And then search photos and sounds. Ah, gotcha. Because it's it's under more ways to explore. Yes. Okay. Then put in gotcha. Canada Goose. Canada Goose. Canada Goose. Branta 
canadensis. Granta canadensis. There's the Lucy, the leucistic one. The leucistic Canada goose. All right, I'm going to even filter this, and I'm going to put in uh, Minnesota as the region. Minnesota, United States. Show results. Let's see if we got any little babies in Minnesota yet. Nope, but we got some... Uh, Geese nesting and tree photos. Those are always sweet. Let's see where that's from. Some geese in a tree in Keller Lake, Ramsey County. Nesting. No fuzzballs to be seen. Yeah, they're in like an eagle's nest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always see some of those every year. That's funny. That so seems just dangerous. looking at. I mean, this isn't saying that there's no babies in minnesota yet but it's just, just right. what birders have been seeing i guess right, 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 right. and taking pictures of which the babies are always usually pretty photogenic like you yeah. get a lot of pic- like on this photo on the photos um explore you see a lot of bands you see a lot of freaks you see a lot of babies anything abnormal you know geese and trees People like to take pictures of it, like, oh, look at that. More than just, like, reporting, like, saw five Canada geese on my walk today, Jeez. where people normally. That one from California, those are big already. So if you ever wow. see me, like, posting pictures of hybrids and bands and cool <laughs> birds. This is where you're and I'm like, them from? Yeah, pull, seen in Pennsylvania yesterday. Guess where I found it? <laughs> it's a little so, hot tip I, I just got back from florida i was down there this weekend and we, we were out fishing on friday and uh we saw like five blue wing teal we're nice still, we're still down there so i was gonna uh, do they all migrate or do some blue wing teal nest in florida or do they all go? i believe well fuck man i mean where are we are right on ebird blue wing teal <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that any nest that far south. I think like Nebraska is their furthest south nesting range. But I know like blue winged teal sometimes are seen like in almost June in like Louisiana. I had a guy sending me um, videos of a, a bunch of blue wings down there. And it seems like they will just, they will scurry up to the prairies Drop them eggs and they are gone. I almost wonder, like, well, the Drake's probably boogie super fast, probably. But if I shot more teal in Minnesota, it would be really interesting because you can, even though they're not plumed out, you can tell Drake's from hens and um, adults from juveniles. There's a really good Delta waterfowl video by I think that Dr. Frank guy or something where he's shooting birds, like, I think he's in Canada or North Dakota. And he's shooting, he's out for their, it's, they don't have an early teal, but he's just out during regular season, blasting teal. He goes, now here's how you identify it. And it'd be interesting to, like, how many adult blue-winged teals really get killed in these northern states? Because you would think if they migrated early for an early migrating species, damn, we probably shouldn't have very many adult drake blue-winged teals in Minnesota by September 10th. Right. And we probably don't. I mean, I know I've shot a few. I mean, you can only tell if you have one of each, basically, because you got to look at their bill length. Yeah, this guy identifies it by the wings. Really? Yeah, it's on. It's on uh, YouTube. I'll find the name of that video as well. 
Might even have to share it. Um, dude, speaking of sharing, play that fucking voicemail oh. <laughs> I sent you. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> that should go. Go. Come on. It's not. I press play. Did you press play where, like, on my voicemail, or did you press play on the video? There it is. Don't <laughs> 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 oh, well. Now everybody's got their number. <laughs> did you hear it? I couldn't yeah. hear it on my end. <laughs> yeah, I could hear you chuckling on the background too. <laughs> oh shit! No, I couldn't hear that. I couldn't hear it on my end. Yeah, it was pretty soft, but it, I think it came through. People have to rewind it and listen to it again. It was pretty funny. I'm surprised it didn't come through the board, but well, whatever. That was pretty funny. Is Jack Mehoff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, the video is called um, Determining the Sex and Age of Blue-Winged Teal, Duckology by there Delta Waterfowl. 4,000 views four years ago. Delta Waterfowl does put out some super high-quality YouTube stuff. They're worth a subscribe. That's pretty cool. I'll have to watch that one. Put that link I'm going to put it on my Snap Story snap right now. Snap Story. My snap story start sharing some yeah, today. Some better links. Yeah, they're cool. Have you ever seen well, they weren't they weren't coots, but have you ever seen a baby coot? I've not. <laughs> well, technically we didn't either because they're not they're uh what's the other bird like a coot starts with a G. I cannot pronounce it. Gold Grebe. No, not Grebes. Pied build uh, Grebe? Um, like a coot starts with a G. Like what? G U L I N Galleyloon. That is Galleyloon. That's it. Man, I was a struggling with that on my recap and rant. Could People hunt those things like right. rails. Yeah. yeah, there's. I mean, we have it. Rails and Galleyloons. Galleyloons. Yup. I mean, they look pretty much like a coot, but yeah, there's a little baby one around. It looks like it just looked like a, a little black, like chicken chick, is what it looked like. A little running around behind mom and dad. It was, it was pretty cool. Do you know how to spell that? <sighs> Galen, it probably should come up. G A L Gal Galley. No matches. No. Nope. I'm trying to put it into eBird. I am too. <laughs> 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 nope. Um, Galley Loon. Gal Gal Galanool 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 I didn't spell it right. No matches. How are you spelling that? Uh, Gal G A L Newell Spot flanked Galanool. Let's see. Yeah, that does look like a coot with a little green bill on it. Yeah, okay, this well, one. this one, this one's only from South America, but Galanul, Galanul, kind of cute. Oh, two L's. That's why it's not coming up. Yeah, G A L L I N N U L E. There we go. Okay, so I heard um, they have two. <clears throat> they had 
there was two different breeds. On they had this purple gallinule, gallinule, which was mm-hmm. dude. Those things are like as pretty as they are in that picture. Like they're metallic-y, iridescent, super wicked, very colorful bill. So we saw some of those, but the one, the baby ones we saw were um, different. They were they were just black with a red beak, basically. Oh, I saw some of those too down in Panama that were all crazy looking. I wonder if it's just a common. Yeah, so a common gallinule is the other one that looked like the baby coot and had the big giant red patch on its face. And little babies running around. They were cute. So I'm looking at the feet of the gallinule, and uh-huh. it doesn't look like. So that must be what separates them from coots because coots have like those paddles on their on their feet, and these don't seem to have those paddles. You know what I'm talking about? Right, like right, right. Um, each section like of its, each section of its toe has like it's like flared out. Right. For, so for swimming while all water like uh, Anna today, like duckskies, swans, they have webbed feet. And then um, greaves and coots have webbed toes. Yep, and these don't look like they have really any webbing on them. So I mean by that is like, like a duck foot, the whole foot, like between each toe is webbed. And then like on a coots foot or a gallinule, so like each toe has a flipper. Right, yep. Yeah. Interesting. Cool little birds. Oh, they were, interesting. They were yeah, they were neat. We saw all sorts of good yeah, stuff. Ibises I, and spoonbills. It's pretty cool. That's what that... You actually just helped me ID this bird that I seen in Panama. Um, it is a purple gallinule. I seen a bunch of them in Panama. I got a nice picture through my binocs of one. And I took a picture of one. I was like, I'm going to try to ID that fucking crazy looking bird when I get home. And I just did live on air. Wow, that's amazing. I could have got some... I don't, I don't know why I didn't take a picture of them. I could have got some really good pictures because we were super close to them. They're pretty badass looking birds, actually. I've seen a uh, fuckload like of uh, wood ducks this year. Badass enough that a guy ought to go to Florida and hunt them things. That'd be a sweet mount. That'd be a conversation starter. People come over to your house and be like, what in the fuck is that thing? And you could tell them anything, <laughs> and they would believe it. <laughs> yeah, I shot that one uh, in Tanz- Tanzania. Tanzania. I would do it. Um, uh, I heard Ramsey Russell on a podcast talking about how hunting was it. What was he talking? Snipe or rails was a Mm -hmm. blast. I think they were. He said they were jump shooting them, just like paddling uh, quietly through the marsh, and they'd pop up like boom. There's a limit of like 15 on of them, so you can make a pretty fun day of it. Yeah, I've shot snipe before. I I don't think I've got any rails, but I've shot snipe in Minnesota. Yeah. On a. Just a buy, a buy catch, if you will, while I'm out duck hunting. I'm like, ooh, snipe, boom. They're pretty small. Dude, so on um, on this weekend, for the whole weekend, I guess, like there's a event for the Ultimate Waterfowlers Challenge, and I was just recently in Mexico with uh, Dan Winterland, and he asked me if I could put together like a over dinner entertainment thing with him. Which, uh, yeah, I said sure. So the first like 20 minutes, we're gonna do like a like a trivia with prizes, like a Jeopardy style thing. And then the next 20 minutes, he's going to talk about this new ultimate waterfowler challenge thing that they're introducing. And then the last 20 minutes of it, they're going to be doing, um, I'm going to be doing a talk on TSS. 
on Tungsten Supershot. Oh, right. So recently I have been like brushing up and getting some materials ready for talking about Tungsten Supershot. And it just, I don't know, we, I guess we could close on that. It's kind of interesting. Like when people, you've heard of it, you know, Tungsten Supershot is fucking crazy and good. But when you start just, just to remind myself of the numbers, it's just like still like every time I see it, it's like, that can't be right, can it? <laughs> like, hmm. But fuck yeah. Well, I got so, bad news. You might not be able to shoot the purple ones. The I purple just, ca- gallinules? Yeah, I just looked up Florida migratory bird hunting season date and bag limits, and they have common gallinule or moorhen on here. Uh, daily limit is 15, possession limit of 45, but it doesn't list the other gallinule. Sora and Virginia Rail, King and Clapper Rail, but nothing about the uh, purple ones. Damn it. Now I'm sad. Son of a... Well, there you go. Apparently they're protected. Oh, well. Yeah, that'll be cool. We'll keep uh, everybody posted on on that event. No, I was going to go through some TSS stuff if you want to hear it. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Go for it. Shoot. Ah, see what I did there? Shit, homie. Okay, so this TSS stuff, uh, a lot of people who listen know what it is. It's tungsten super shot. It's not made for shotguns. It's made for high-precision ball bearings, and it's made out of some super, super pure tungsten. Tungsten's like around 21 grams per cubic centimeter, but tungsten super shot is like 18 grams per cubic centimeter. That's 54 or 56% more dense than lead, which is 11.1 grams per cubic centimeter, right? So, like, I pulled together some, uh, so, like, some comparisons. So, if you were to compare a 12-gauge, 3-inch load compared to a 7-eighths ounce load, um, 1,600 feet per second, number 2 steel gets you 1.5 inches of ballistic gel penetration at 50 yards with 154 pellets in one and a quarter ounces. So that's like a standard one and a quarter ounce load steel twos. You get that inch and a half of penetration out to 50 yards. And it compares that with a 1,350 foot per second TSS number nine shot So number nine TSS is going to get you that 1.5 inch of gel penetration at 70 yards with 312 pellets, and that's with seven eighths ounce of shot. Hmm. Does that all make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fucking bananas, dude. So ounce and a quarter, 1,600 feet per second, steel number twos, you're getting 154 pellets at 50 yards. With that sort of penetration, you can drop damn near 300 feet per second, go to a number nine shot, which people don't even shoot that at fucking clay pigeons normally for lead, and you can get that out to 70 yards, an additional 20 yards further, and you're getting more than double the amount of pellets, and you're doing that with seven eighths of an ounce of shot. Like, that's just... It's fucking insane, dude. So my buddy was out uh, back to snow geese. He got some of that TSS, and mm-hmm. his he had his son go out with, he had the rangefinder, and he said he legitimately ranged, and I believe this, he's not a, this guy's not a storyteller. 
he ranged a, a snow goose at 85 yards and he said he shot it with one with the tss like like stoned it like thought at as if it was at 25 yards yeah that's not even 85 is like 85 is a, an easy load for heavy shot to kill at you know like this shit is way heavier than heavy shot <laughs> and then i got like some uh some like pellet equivalents so like a tss 10 shot is going to get you an inch and a quarter penetration at 70 yards a tss nine and a half shot is going to be equivalent to a lead five like a lead five is a great goose load was a great goose load or a steel three tss nine is going to be the equivalent of a lead four and that'll get you an inch and a quarter penetration at 88 yards which is basically exactly what I just said. TSS-8 is equal to a lead-3 or a steel-1. So number one shot, great goose load. If you want to make something, get an equivalent load for that in TSS, you're going to want 8s. Wow. Like, what the fuck is this shit, dude? That gives you so much <laughs> That gives you so many more pellets. And since these things are made for ball bearings, like, they're all perfectly round. Like, we all know what heavy shot looks like when you cut it open. It looks like fucking discarded weld flax or whatever, you know? It's nasty looking. So this keeps, like, the patterns incredibly dense. And uh, not only that, but, like, the smaller pellet sizes get better penetration because there's less surface area on the pellets. There's less resistance as it goes into a body cavity. The pellets are so much harder, they just break and snap bones easier. It's just... This stuff is, this stuff is outer space shotgun shell shit, you know? (laughs) It's so expensive though. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, so a five pound bag, is it a five pound bag? Yeah, five pound bag costs $45, I think. Right? Of just a shot? Of just shot. Like if you wanted to reload it yourself. Oh, reload your own. Yeah, I gotcha. Right. So 45, that's 15 bucks a pound? Dude, is that right? I'm going to Google that real quick. TSS for sale. <laughs> yeah, that's... 45... Oh, no, it's $45 per pound. Holy Jesus. Yeah, so, all right. Say so you want to make a one-ounce load of... You know, just make a one-ounce load in your reloader. My um, marijuana math reminds me that there's 16 <laughs> ounces in every pound. <laughs> I remember that from being a young man. Ah, oh, that's funny. Dude, so 45 bucks divided by 16, you're going to get 16 rounds of ammunition out of that $45 pound of ammo you bought. It's $2.80 per shot shell if you load it yourself. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's without a wad or a primer or whatever. But I think a lot of the... Uh, commercial stuff like apex ammunition sells some there's a few different manufacturers of tss shot shells i yeah. think they're in the neighborhood of between like 13 and 17 dollars per shot shell yeah. to your door i'm looking and at they it. come in like boxes of five yep federal premium heavyweight tss turkey shot shells uh 52.99 to 74.99 and that's for a box of five yeah jesus <laughs> i don't know that i want to be Sending those downrange at snow geese. Fuck, man. Can you imagine jump shooting? $75 for five. Good night. Can you imagine dumping a tube of 13 of those things when you jump shoot a little pond? 
Wow. You know what you could do is, like, if you're jump shooting, you know, and your first ones are close, seems kind of a waste to use TSS. Throw your first two as your regular shot, you know, whatever, and then fill the rest of your tube with TSS. Dude, I think fill the whole tube with TSS because those pellets are going to go cut through cut through three like, birds. Through first ones. Yeah, man, it could be right. Dude, for real. Like, uh, like let's see here. I got average pellet count for TSS. So if you're shooting a snow goose load, like a 12-gauge, 3.5-inch, and you pack it with number nines, each shot shell has 544 pellets in it. <laughs> wow. So 544 times 13. What do you got there? <laughs> you know, you're going to crush those. You're going to just blow holes in those front birds. <laughs> <laughs> seven th if you dumped a tube if you dumped a tube of ounce and a half nines a 13 round tube into a flock you'd dump 7072 pellets into that flock each one with the potential energy to kill out to like 120 yards and each one with the potential to cut through multiple birds oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like these these numbers are like dude when heavy shot came out like Heavy Shot was like the fucking crazy space age. Right. I mean, there was Tungsten Iron, which came out, and then Heavy Shot was an even improvement on that. Because, like, like, Heavy Shot's like 12 grams per cubic centimeter. And uh, I think Tungsten Iron was around, like, 11 or 10. Hmm. But Heavy Shot had some really fucked up like mixtures too where they would get some that were like in that 14 range and uh god damn this just blows that out of the water yeah, like the numbers just, just... alright so people are used to shooting like steel shot twos a TSS two shot is the has the energy equivalent of a lead four shot buck what? lead number four buck shot a TSS two wow I don't know how many pellets you would get in a fucking 12-gauge, 3-inch, 2-shot TSS load. Probably like 30. Because now you're, now you're talking about a steel equivalent, but it's 80% hev like heavier, right? Right. And I don't even know where you can buy TSS like that. Everything that I'm seeing is like 9-shot, 10-shot, 7-shot. Yeah, right. Damn, that'd be awesome. I mean, if I was a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> or if Apex Ammunition. Well, it's like any new technology, Sponsor right? Does. The more the pop, uh, if these things continue to be popular, hopefully the price will come down as they start uh, putting more and more into the market. So we can hope. I can't imagine like tungsten's going to drop too far. Dude, the heavy shot really hasn't dropped in price. Yeah, I guess it hasn't really. I guess there's only a couple tungsten mines in the world. There's yeah, but I think you're gonna find get more and more and more of it in all those conflict minerals for your, uh, your for my bird shot for your electric cars. <laughs> 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 conflict minerals for my shot shells, yeah. man. So in order for you to drive that green car, you gotta dig giant holes in the ground. So that's just is what it is. <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, dude. Um, have you been practicing your goose call using the Goose Tech app? Uh course i yes. have hell yeah <laughs> uh, you've been getting a lot better I too have. so is everybody else using the goose tech app it's like yeah it's, it's like a magic wand for your goose calling ability absolutely that's what i've heard anyways 
Well, yes. they're a sponsor of the show. They are a sponsor of the show, 100%. As is, yeah. what's the other thing? Oh, as Guys, is your, your signature goose call. The signature series, Nick Johnson Goose Call from PacificCustomCalls.com. Guys, it's still, there's still time. There's still time in this offseason to make it the offseason that you told yourself you'd always have and practice and get good at calling. There's still a damn good amount of time. Yep, go out there and have to do fun. That. Have, so go practice your goose call with the Goose Tech app. And then, uh, to make yourself feel really good, grab the duck call, call in some Drake Mallards. You can do that right now at your local county park. It'll be great. Great fun. You'll love it. But yeah, dude, anyways. Uh, also brought to us by Cutthroat Bowfishing. You can find them on Facebook. They do have a Facebook page, so Cutthroat Bowfishing on Facebook. Go give them a follow. And if you've never bowfished before, you should try it. It's like a perfect mix of fishing and hunting. It's pretty awesome. All right, dude. Well, yeah, we'll chat next week. Sounds good, dude. Later. Later. Bye. Wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.